Well, this is Pastor Dave Keen uh, with another episode of Pastor as People, uh, a podcast to help people know a little bit more what God is doing uh, in the life of the Park Baptist Church. Today, I'm here with uh, Grant Henson. Uh, hello, Grant. Hey, it's good to be with you. All right, Grant. Well, tell me, uh, tell, tell everyone a little about yourself. Introduce yourself. Uh, where are you from? Tell us about your family. All right. Um, my name is Grant Henson. I am an elder at Park Baptist Church, and I am originally from Albemarle, North Carolina. Uh, I am now uh, been in Rock Hill for the last two and a half years. Uh, I have a wonderful wife named Amber and four children. One, my oldest is Asher, who is nine. I have Evan Grace, who is seven. I have Ada, who is three, and Esther, who is one. All right, so my first question, Grant, is um, how did you come to know the Lord? Why don't you, why don't you kind of share your testimony uh, with me? Well, I, I came to the Lord later in life, uh, well, 24, so it could, it could, <laughs> not too late in life, but... Uh, I was raised in the church, uh, was told all the right things, um, but just did not understand uh, whether my ears and my heart were covered uh, to not hear and uh, was very distant from the Lord um, and actually despised the Lord um, from the time I was about 17 to 24, just had a lot of different things go on from a real bad car accident to uh, just trying to to party and live life. But um, what really brought me to Christ was seeing a true believer in Christ, someone who wholeheartedly followed God and lived out the gospel. And I worked with this young lady and uh, just her living life and inviting me to uh, live life um, with Christ and invited me to a revival. And um, it was the first time I had been in a church setting in seven years. And God just grabbed my heart uh, and and transformed me. Um, and then that beautiful uh, lady who was the witness to me, he gave me the privilege of marrying her. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your your, uh, your roles in ministry? When did you feel the, the, the call uh, to go into full-time ministry? Um, when I felt the call to go into full-time ministry, it was in uh, October of 2006. And God had really uh, burdened my wife and, and my heart for uh, the underserved, for the unreached, uh, the poor, uh, the neglected, the outcast. And just really through Scripture, um, using uh, Exodus 3 um, with the burning bush and just Moses not feeling adequate um, and me not feeling adequate, uh, to be able to uh, lead in that way, but just uh, encouraged us through Scripture and then shared um, uh, Luke 4, uh, 18, uh, where he's, of course, quoting um, Isaiah 61 uh, and just going and and reaching for uh, the prisoner, the... the uh, I'm not even uh, quoting it very well at the moment, um, but just 
the the outcast the to set at liberty uh, in the favorable year and just to reach the lost and to seek and to save that which is lost. So, yeah. so you you served. Uh, you've had a lot of different kind of ministry experiences, uh, kind of always kind of kind of reaching out to those who kind of maybe are underserved. Um, your first experience was a, a church plant. Yes, uh, we got the privilege of helping plant a church in two thousand eight on the campus of a, ch- a children's home. And so my role uh, as a pastor there was to kind of help be the liaison between the church and the children's home and to help build relationships with the kids, uh, to have a family who didn't have a family, to uh, help with adoption and visiting resources, uh, reunification with families, and just really uh, such a beautiful privilege uh, to be able to to see the church uh, act in that way and be the church uh, to the underserved. And then uh, from that, uh, the Lord moved us uh, on because it just really burdened our hearts because we had these children at this point once they were already in the system. And it just really burdened Amber in my heart. Like, what if we could get them before they got to this stage or after they kind of get out of this stage and go back into these settings. And as Christ showed the example, he always went where the people were. Uh, the Lord called us down to a impoverished neighborhood down in Lancaster, South Carolina, and just really were able to walk and, and do life on life uh, in that setting uh, to the poor and just walked alongside them. And the Lord allowed us to, to call that ministry The Connection. And the reason it was called The Connection was as we were wanting to connect the people in that neighborhood to Christ and to the church and to connect the people in the church to the neighborhood. And so um, just such a beautiful relationship. And then uh, the Lord gave us the privilege to come to um, Rock Hill and uh, have had the privilege to be able to serve alongside the poor uh, in helping with the homeless men here in our town. Um, And my wife being able to... um, work on the medical side. She's a nurse practitioner and able to work uh, alongside the poor uh, in that manner and give medical attention. Well, one of the things I love about uh, you uh, is, is your intensity, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> those of you who know, those who know you is you're kind of all in. Uh, tell me a little bit about when you're at the Connections, kind of living in a trailer, uh, in a trailer park, um, you know, tell me a little bit about your experience in terms of the intense life that life on life, you mentioned life on life discipleship. How does that look like in that setting? Cause I know that you know, I've had a chance to privilege to walk with you through those mm-hmm. and prayer walk and talk to folks that you impacted, but maybe, maybe flesh out what is it, what does life on life look like among the poor in like a trail park? Um, it was, it was just like a, a a normal congregation almost like like you couldn't there were 185 trailers in the trailer park and like each one of them didn't fit into a specific mode of needing the same thing but let's say you would have like 
20 trailers and this would be a specific day. I would get up, we would get up as a family and we would prayer walk every morning at nine o'clock and walk around and, and ask the Lord what were some opportunities that we would do. And we would maybe run into Uh, a Hispanic family who was really struggling because the parents spoke English and the, uh, I mean, the parents spoke Spanish and the kids spoke English and they're bringing home English homework and they don't know how to help them with it. And the child's really struggling. And so just being able to help uh, with homework whenever the kids got home from school and uh, there was maybe another person that we would run into and they would need a ride to the grocery store. Uh, they had food stamps, but just needed a ride because they couldn't walk and carry back home what they needed from the store. And maybe another guy needed help in studying to get his GED because he had dropped out of, out of high school, uh, because he's trying to help support his family, uh, where he doesn't have a dad in the home. And so just so, uh, different, but being able to, to help in these social matters, but in planning the gospel in them and learning those needs so that in turn we could go to the churches and say, here is ways that you can serve our communities and reach them. And so being that connection with that. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. So let's say someone's listening to this and they're just a, um, an average church member. Mm-hmm. Right? They show up on Sunday, they love the Lord. Uh, they want to be more involved in people's lives and do more, more ministry. What kind of encouragement would you say in terms of how does someone kind of begin uh, to have a, a witness or a service opportunity to those who are maybe in need, maybe, maybe more in a impoverished community? Well, that that's where you, you either go to someone who's maybe had some experiences in that avenue. Um, and so anybody can come to you anytime, right? Anytime, anytime. <laughs> I am very available. Um, and so True. Uh, be able to, to come and to find out where these people are. I think in our churches a lot, and when I say our churches, I mean like in America, um, we as the church don't know where to find the lost because it's hard for us to get outside of those walls sometimes. But to kind of get out of our Jesus bubble in a sense and, and maybe go into places like courthouses, where there's families who are going through divorces and custody of kids. And so we could go there and see if that's where an avenue that you would feel led to serve in. We could go to uh, the warming center and meet some some homeless men. Uh, We could go to the demographic of even your household and say, okay, well, do I know my own neighbor's needs? And we could start there at your own home and prayer walking around your neighborhood. Uh, But I would highly encourage to go out and to go out two by two as God sent us, but to have somebody with you in that, to encourage you in that evangelism, in that reaching out uh, to this world. Amen. Well, one of the things that God blessed your family to our church is we we were praying specifically as as a church, how can we grow in evangelistic zeal? as well as serving our community. 
right? And as God often does, he answers prayers with people, right? So he brought your family and uh, your your love for the poor and your love for the lost in particular, I think, has has spread among our congregation. So uh, those of you who are listening, I would strongly encourage you uh, in our church to find Grant if you have a more greater desire to serve. Uh, but if you're in your own congregation, find someone who you, who exemplifies a love for uh, service to our community, a love for the lost, and just spend time with them and uh, that will rub off on you. Uh, well, Grant, you've been part of Park Baptist Church for several years now. How has God used uh, Park Baptist Church in your life and the life of your family? Oh, oh in so many ways. Um, and and I, I guess my first response is, oh, because it, it has just been such a blessing to be in the body of believers. And I was even meeting with a young man last night, and it's, it's so beautiful to go into a setting where, yes, we are supposed to be a peculiar people, but where you can go into a setting and not be that peculiar because you're in an actual body who believes the same things and is wanting to raise your kids in the same way and, and believes in the Word of God and follows the Word of God or not just hearers of the Word, but doers of the Word. And so there's so many different aspects of the way um, that Park has blessed us. But I would say for our family coming into a setting uh to be able to have the freedom to be able to minister and to build relationships, to walk alongside people um, and the way that our children have just built such deep relationships with their friend groups at church has been just such a beautiful thing where there is just such excitement when our family wants to go to church because they just love the atmosphere of being together with God's people. And it's just such a blessing for yeah. us. So you mentioned this, uh, this idea of having freedom to minister, mm-hmm. right? Uh, do you think that that is, uh, you know, more of just a characteristic of our congregation? Do you think that sometimes people who are in churches don't feel like they have the freedom to really run hard in ministry? Yeah, um, I'm not sure uh, of of what I would think specifically on the outside, but I think in that freedom, I think there is a understanding at part that if it is biblical and it lines up with the Word of God, even though we may not have done it this specific way, we are open to hear and to maybe try that to see if this could be a direction that God's leading, even though we may not have done it that way before. Um, and so I don't know if maybe at other churches, maybe leadership is micromanaging things maybe, or um, people don't feel like, They've been set free, but I think Park does a great job at setting people free to minister, to do the work of the ministry, that it doesn't have to be just these specific people who are doing the work of Christ. We were in a mission trip last year, and uh, we were kind of going around and kind of giving each other uh, uh, spiritual nicknames. And uh, I said, I was thinking about, you know, John Chrysostom, he was called the Golden Tongue because of his love for the Word of God and his, how often he preached. 
um, you know, a pastor, uh, the Bishop of Constantinople in the third, uh, third and fourth century. Uh, and then I said, well, if I was going to give one to you, I'd call you blister feet because <laughs> you're always, you're always moving and serving somebody, but, uh, but you love to prayer walk. Yes. Right? Um, how has a uh, prayer walk helped uh, shape your uh, Christian life? First of all, what is prayer walk? How would you define it? And then yeah. how has it impacted your, your walk with the Lord? Um, prayer walking is, I believe, the, the intentionality of staying uh, constantly in prayer with God and, and bringing all of our prayers and supplications to God at all times, like Paul says in, in Philippians. And so um, I had the privilege of being discipled uh, by an IMB missionary, Andy Cobble, and it was just so implanted in him that that's how you basically started your day. You started your day with prayer to the Lord. But if you're out and about and you're not being hindered by a structure of a building or anything like that, like you are exposing yourself to God and not hiding from anything and you're actively pursuing him in saying, hey, here I am. Whatever you may say, whatever you may put in front of me, uh, I am willing to do. Um, but I would say it is a prayer walking to me would be a definition of actively pursuing and staying in communication with God, no matter where you may be. Um, and, and it is just so beneficial, I believe, in um, not, not really forcing God's hand to say, hey, you've got to do what I'm asking you, but you are making yourself vulnerable to say, hey, here I am. Please tell me whatever you would like me to do this day. Um, and, And just really seeking his will on a daily basis, dying to self as you are actively pursuing them, him not ever feeling like, I've got this Christian thing figured out um, as where we kind of get that sometimes where let's say even like in listening to a sermon, oh yeah, I already know that passage of scripture. I've taught that passage of scripture, but being a true disciple and staying in a learner stance to Mm -hmm. say, okay, what, what can I hear of this to learn more? Yeah, so in many ways, one thing I, I see in you is that you really want to be an intentionally following the Lord. Right? Amen. So in my own, in your own quiet times, in your own time hearing the sermons, hey, well, how is the Lord speaking to me from this passage? Is there, is there, is there things that he's revealing of himself, about who, his, who he is, his character, his nature, in terms of there's sin in my life that I need to Amen. repent of and walk mm-hmm. more faithfully with him? Uh, but I think what prayer walking has done, and this is what I, how, I, how I've seen it in your life and the life of the people that you are, are discipling, is that it helps foster an intentionality mm-hmm. of seeing and looking Amen. for how God is moving uh, in the world and people's lives. Right? And I think sometimes we become very self-consumed and mm-hmm. self-focused, right? And, you know, one of the, uh, the the great privileges of humility is not thinking less about yourself, but thinking about yourself less. And I think mm-hmm. that when you're focusing on praying and, and what God is doing and asking God to move in other, other people's lives, what ends up happening is that you, uh, you're you all more intentional Amen. about sharing your faith because Amen. you're thinking about it. So um, what would you love to see uh, God grow uh, in our own congregation in terms of um, evangelism and prayer? 
I would love for that to be just when when people thought of Park Baptist Church, they would say, man, that is a group of prayer warriors. And I think we are definitely moving in that direction from definitely sweet times in prayer, like on a Wednesday night service. Uh, if, if you've not had an opportunity to come and be a part of the Wednesday nights, we have just a, a glorious time of praying for each other and, and hearing what's going on in each other's lives. But if that was one of our markers and what we were marked by was prayer, prayer and basically saying what Moses said, I'm not going anywhere unless God says it and moves us in that direction. Yeah. Like we refuse to go that way, but to be so marked by a prayer of not only like we we speak to God, but that we are good hearers and we yeah. hear God and respond to what he is speaking to us through his word uh, to our hearts. Yeah. What are you excited about? What God is doing at Park Baptist Church right now? <laughs> well, one of the things, uh, one, one of the many things uh, that I'm excited about is uh, the possibility of the merger with Amazing Grace Baptist Church. Um, my wife and I uh, had the privilege of learning Spanish at the age of 30, and our children are in a Spanish immersion school and uh, are just learning that language and um, just thinking of the possibility of merging with a Hispanic congregation to be able to look more like the kingdom of God, more diverse, able to reach more of this world uh, that is that is dying, that is trapped in their sin and dying. This Hispanic congregation just opens up so many more avenues for us to be able to get this world the gospel. And that is just so exciting uh, to me. And to see their hearts for uh, for God's people and for the Word of God. Uh, and I'm excited to see what this avenue uh, possibly turns into. Amen. Well, uh, is there anything uh, specific that we could be praying for you and uh, your family about? Just that we continue to to run the race uh, of faithfulness, uh, that we continue to um, grind with God's people and to truly walk alongside them uh, and to uh, pour into them. But one specifically for my wife, she works at a free clinic uh, and is the nurse practitioner there, and she pours out uh, constantly uh, on her people uh, there and uh, coming home and, and pouring into the children and pouring into me and walking faithfully alongside me and that she would just continue to to run the race of endurance. I mean, she is just such a faithful and godly woman uh, and she is such a blessing to my life um, and uh, that she would continue to have that fuel to conti- continue to keep running the race. Amen. Well, we, uh, Lord willing, in a future podcast, we'll interview her about her Amen. life and uh, ministry at, at, as, as kind of as a nurse practitioner at the York Free Clinic. Um, but we are just so grateful uh, for you. Uh, me as a pastor, I'm grateful for you, brother, your friendship and just your love for the Lord and how your uh, zealous um, 
your zealousness for the kingdom of God and for God's glory has just uh, helped continue to me uh, fan the flame of my own faith to press on towards him. So grateful for you, brother. Grateful for what you've done to our church and help uh, giving us a heart for the poor and a heart for the lost. We pray that we just continue. So uh, let's, uh, let's pray now. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, for your grace, uh, for your mercy. We thank you for how kind you have been to our church by bringing the Henson family. Uh, we thank you for the testimony he's given in terms of how you have used our church to strengthen and edify him and his family and, and push them towards Christ. God, we pray you, you would have your hand upon Grant uh, as he leads as an elder. God, as he continues to help shepherd and um, push our church towards um, righteousness and, and godliness. God, we pray for those he's discipling, God, that you would help uh, instill uh, in them uh, his passions uh, for those who are uh, the outcast and those who are, who are far from you. So God, we pray that, that your heart um, uh, that you have given Grant would just continue to extend itself in our congregation, that we would have a heart for um, those who, who need you. We also just specifically pray for Amber and just uh, how, how you're serving, um, uh, using her to serve the, the, the poor in our community through the York Free Covenant. God, we pray that you would sustain her faith, that you would strengthen her, and that you would use Grant to um, uh, continue to serve her and push her towards you. So, Father, we love you. We thank you so much uh, for this day. We pray uh, that this uh, short conversation together would continue to uh, help us think um, less about ourselves and more about you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Thanks, brother.